Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Providence Journal's College Basketball Podcast. This is Bill Koch, sports writer for the Journal, from my Warwick home on a Wednesday afternoon. This is part three of our season preview editions. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my faithful co-conspirator, the sports director at ABC6, the weekend co-host of Cordishi and Coit on WEI Providence. Nick Coit, ladies and gentlemen. Coity, how we living? Great. <laughs> great. Uh because college basketball is almost here, and I can't wait. It's going to be great. It is almost here, and we are prepared, folks, to either make geniuses or fools of ourselves uh, by offering some predictions. Sure. For, for all four <laughs> all four of our Division One men's teams and all four of our Division One women's teams. Um, bold predictions, I'm sure. Right, Coy? Oh, yeah. Very bold. Because that's our middle name. Bold. Yeah. Run to Twin River. Cash these in. Better yet, don't do that. Please. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything. If we did, I I tell people all the time, they're like, so what do you think about this team? Are they going to be good? Are they going to be this? Are they going to be that? Right. My standard answer is, if I knew, I would be living in a suite at the Bellagio, <laughs> not in a condo in Warwick, Rhode Island. I love it here. It's a nice life. I love being close to my family. Halloween, I was hanging out with my two nephews. They're so cute. But... I'm going to Sin City if I've got unlimited cash and I can just walk down to that betting window and say, yep, this is what's going to happen. You'd be Biff Tannen with the Almanac, baby. I'd be Biff Tannen with the Almanac. That's right. I would not go into nuclear waste plants. I, I would not do that. <laughs> I care about the environment. I would not do that. Um, you know, I would I would not encourage some of the downtown conduct in the alternate uh, Hill Valley. <laughs> I, I would not. Um, but yes, I would hit up Gray Sports Almanac liberally mm-hmm. if, if i needed more cash there's no doubt about it bill Koch, the luckiest man in america <laughs> i wonder who who my lorraine mcfly would be oh uh, you tell me man yeah we're not gonna get into that <laughs> okay that's, 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 that's either for a different pod or for a friday yeah. night at murphy's that, yeah that's, right. that's not gonna happen here amen mm-hmm. um all right so we're gonna get into some predictions here and and you know mostly these are based off what we think these teams should be, um, you know, and obviously it's all projection. We're going to use uh, the coaches preseason a little bit. We're going to use a little bit of Ken Palm on the men's side, um, you know, and and we're gonna we're gonna start with the Providence men, um, you know, because they were our only NCAA tournament team last year. Uh, you know, quite I the Friars men picked seventh in the league by the coaches. 17 and 13 in Ken Palm, 10 and 10 in the conference. Uh, that does not include their second game in the Bahamas, which is TBD. They will play the full 31 games. Um, that's all statistics based. It's it's all metrics based, and and for the coaches, it's it's all subjective. Obviously, um, for me, I look at Providence and I think this should be an NCAA tournament team, um, and I think that they'll get over 20 wins. Again, um, you know, I could see 12 and 8 in the league, give or take, somewhere in there. I expect a very similar season to last year. I do not expect um, the turns that they had last year. I do not think that they're going to be at or near the top of the league and all of a sudden go 4 and 7 in their last 11. I I think it's going to be a lot more even than that over the course of the year. I think they'll have some good wins. They might have a couple curious losses in there because that happens from time to time, and, and the Big East is a really tough league. 
Uh, but ultimately, I expect this team to be back in March Madness. Me too. I think they're going to the tournament. I think they're too talented. Um, I have. I think they have experience. Um, and then, you know, seventh in the preseason poll, I, I think just speaks to some of the unknown with a new coaching staff. Right. Um, and that's when, again, you said it, you know, when we did our men's pod, like when did that, that poll get voted on? Because I don't think with the injuries that Xavier has, that they're behind Xavier in the conference. I don't think that. Um, I, I think St. John's brought in good talent. I think they brought in Ricky P who can coach like the best of them. I think Providence should finish ahead of them. I think they have too much established Big East talent to finish behind St. John's. So doing the math there, I think that puts Providence in the top five in the conference. And I think that's where they should be. And that would get them to the number of wins that would get them to competing for an NCAA tournament berth. And I think that's right where they should be. Um, You know, what could raise that ceiling? You know, is Garway Duel the guy that some NBA draft Knicks already looking at and saying he's a premium talent? If he flashes and comes along here quickly in his first season, that could raise things as well. But I like Providence to get back to the tournament. Yes, I think they can be a top five Big East team potentially. And yeah, so... You know, count me in that camp as well. I think they're they're going to be back in the tournament. You've got chances in the non-conference to to make a statement here. Wisconsin, Kansas State, if they were to play Miami in the Bahamas, and Oklahoma were all Ken Palm top fifty teams. Um, you know, so you've got a chance in those games. You go two and two in those games. It's a nice start. Yep. League is going to have a slew of top hundred Ken Palm games, top fifty Ken Palm games where where you can build a resume there. Quite, I think what I keep coming back to on Providence is if Ed Cooley was still the coach, people would say this is an NCAA team. They're a lock. They have to 100%, be. 100%. Two top 15 players in the league. Uh, Bryce Hopkins could challenge for player of the year in the league if he has a great season. I think it's all it all comes down to what people think about Kim English, whether or not they think that, that he can be the guy to lead this team into March Madness. I, I think that's where a lot of the questions come from. Yep, I agree. But I think some of them will be answered – and I think they're going to be playing meaningful games in March again. He, he's got a golden opportunity here with a team that, you know, is is veteran in the conference with certain guys and veteran in terms of experience with guys he's brought in, in, in Josh Adoro and Tick Gaines. You know, there, there's no value you can place on 50 or seniors who are that familiar with you. Um, you know, and so I, I think this roster is, is good enough. I think they're well-rounded enough. You have an elite player. Uh, you've got enough at each position. You're not particularly deficient at any position. This can and should be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, we both agree on that. Uh, we go to URI. Uh, the Rams picked 14th in the Atlantic 10. That's one from the bottom. Ken Palm has a much better outlook on them. 14 and 16 overall, 7 and 11 in the Atlantic 10. Uh, again, one of their games is unknown at Mohegan Sun. They open up with Northwestern. And then I think on the other side is Washington State and Georgia? No. Uh, hang on. Hang on, Ma. Hang on. 
<laughs> I've got the schedule up right here. Washington State. Should have done my research. Didn't do it. No, I, I didn't write down all the... Uh... Washington State and Mississippi State. There you go. On Thank the you. other side. Yep. Right, so two Power 5 teams. Uh, Northwestern's a top 50 team. They've got Yale and Providence, who are both top 75 teams. Charleston's a top 100 team. That's on the road. So decent non-conference schedule, in particular neutral and, and away from home for Rhode Island. Uh, and then you get into the league, and, and obviously the league struggled last year. It was a one-bid league. VCU swept regular season and conference tournament titles. Dayton had some injuries and underachieved. Uh, St. Louis underachieved with a veteran group who we saw beat Providence at Mohegan Sun. Uh, that probably should have been an NCAA tournament team on paper who ultimately did not perform. Uh, put me down for URI as finishing nowhere near 14th in the conference. I, I think they'll be closer to a single-digit number than that, you know, maybe 8th or ninth somewhere in there. Um, you know, and I think if you go from 9 and 22 to, let's say, 15 and 16, 15 and 17, something along those lines, something similar to what Ken Palm has, I take that as a sign that you are on track. It looks a lot like Dan Hurley's first two years if you do that. Uh, and then realistically, in year three, you should demand some sort of postseason, whether it is the NIT or maybe a surprise run to the NCAA tournament. But I expect Rhode Island to be better uh, than what's being predicted for them. I wrote down middle of the pack in the A-10, so that would establish them in the single digits. I think they avoid the first day, the dreaded first day in the A-10 tournament. And I think they might surprise people in win a game in the A-10 tournament okay. and make some noise a little bit. However much, it could be quiet, could be loud, whatever. I think they make some noise in Brooklyn. Um, and as you said, Bill, I think they establish who they are and where they're going. And if they can do that, add to their win total um, and show that, okay, this is where you know we'd like to be, where we'd like to go, then you know I think that you would consider that a success for URI season. So as Archie Miller keeps saying, I think we're going to surprise some people. I I would tend to agree with him on that. It's not surprising the two guys on this Zoom. No. I would not so be. Either. Nope. I don't think so either. Would not be. I, I also go back to something that I said in the men's preview pod. Archie Miller's done too much winning. Yep. Amen. He's done too much winning. He's not going to have another bad team two years in a row. I, I just, I can't see that. That's not... No. It's not who he is. It's not who he's been as a coach. I, I just I, I refuse to believe that he's going to go out there and go ten and twenty one and go you know four and fourteen in the league and and finish toward. I I just I can't see that. There's no way. I agree. No way. Can't. See I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, Brown is next. Uh, Brown picked fourth in the Ivy League. Uh, Ken Palm has them for thirteen and fourteen, seven and seven. Last year they were fourteen and thirteen, seven and seven. Uh, this year, they will play a couple extra games that are not on that schedule. They are at Bahamar in the Bahamas. They will play three games there. They will start off with Delaware in that bracket. Um, you look at the rest of that tournament, there are a couple good teams here. Greensboro, uh, Ohio, George Washington should be better in the A-10. Uh, Middle Tennessee has had some success in, in recent history. Uh, Brown's also got a road trip to USC. And Providence back on the schedule, uh, something that I know. Hallelujah. I, I know uh, your compadre, Scott Cordishi, has been calling for for a while. He's been 
agitating Friar fans on Saturday mornings with you on W. He's been agitating a lot of people, believe well, me. Well, that, that's that's true, including mm. Nick Coy. Mm. Sorry, Scott. We love you. Um, you know, also looking at at Brown playing Providence from the standpoint that that Ed Cooley didn't want to play Mike Martin. They're they're friendly and uh, they've done work together for Coach First Cancer and you know, Ed understands that that's not a box office game and that he's lost it two or three times and, and didn't necessarily want anything to do with the Bears in that just, way. Just walk into the Pizzatola Center. It's on the wall. <laughs> no, no uh, a night where LaDante Hent showed up and nobody else did wearing oh, black. Um, you know, so Brown with, with a couple good non-conference tests there, uh, you know, and then they jump into league play hosting Yale. First game, the conference favorite right away on January 9th. Uh, hopefully I can make it to the Pizzatola Center that night. That should be fun. Uh, yep. Brown, I think, Coit will be right around where folks predict. They're picked fourth in the league. I agree. I think this is an Ivy Madness team. It's their turn. They've, they've been so close for so many years, and I think the fact that you've got legitimately a guy who can be a player of the year in Keno Lilly, I think the confidence that that gives teammates – is worth one to two extra wins, and that's all Brown's needed. Yep. Uh, I think Brown is getting to Ivy Madness. I think we're going to have a real fun week when it comes to that week in March where there's going to be three teams, I believe, three men's teams that will be playing in postseason tournaments. Providence will be playing at Madison Square Garden. Oh. Rhodey will be playing in Brooklyn. And I believe that Brown is going to be playing at Columbia. At Columbia, that's right. Oh, baby, bring it on. That's fun. That's really fun. Uh, and I, I think it's going to happen. Um, I think Keno is going to f- definitely flirt with, if not win, player of the year in the conference. Um, I think he's one of the most established guys. Um, and I think he has a real shot and opportunity. Yeah, I, I think Brown's getting to Ivy Madness. I think they're going to win a game in New York City, too. I okay. think they're going to I think they're going to get to the conference title game this year. So do you have them as the four, the three, the two? I have them as the three. Okay. Yep. I have them as the three. Um, you know, I think Yale, Princeton, um, those are two teams I still look at. And I know Princeton lost, you know, a little bit from that that tournament run last year, but um, you know, Henderson's still a really good coach. It's a great program. And that um, kind of carryover means a lot. It, it, it absolutely does. does. Um, James Jones is just such a great coach yeah. that I think Yale just, it doesn't matter who is on that roster, what they have to to play with. Um, I think Yale is, is going to have another great year, but then after that, I look at the conference and yes, Cornell is, is picked third, but Cornell can be hit or miss because of the style that they play. Mm-hmm. You know, the line changes, they play a hockey style. It's like this line's coming in, this line's coming out. It works on some nights. Uh, I think in some nights it doesn't. Uh, and so, and they lost you know, Greg Dolan, who's really, really good. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, I, I think Brown's going to be the three. I think they're going to win a game at Columbia at least, and then you never know. So, I, I think it's going to be a fun year for Brown. As, as Coit knows, you don't need to invite me to stay an extra night in New York City. I am all for it. Bring it <laughs> on, babe. Yeah, I, I want all three of those teams to be winning at, at that time of year. If you can get me to a Saturday night in New York, Sunday night in New York. Rack it up. I am in. Let's be fun. Yeah, be fun. It'd be great. It, it would. And, uh, you know, Brown just, they they feel like that team that's been knocking on the door for a while, and, and it feels like it's time. It, it really does. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, Bryant 
last on the men's side, uh, Bryant picked third in the American East. Uh, Ken Palm has them for 16 and 15 overall, nine and seven in the conference. Um, Coit, I, I, I look at the way they finished last year. Uh, they were eight and eight in the league. Uh, they were right around 500 overall. I think the non-conference schedule this year is a lot harder. Um, I think they can do better in the league than eight and eight. I, I think last year, and, and, and you mentioned it on the men's preview pod, I, I think they had some struggles with role definition at times. They they might have had, uh, you know, some redundancy at, at key positions. Um, you know, whose ball was it? Was it Sharif Gross Bullock's ball? Was it Charles Pride's ball? You know, Pride was obviously hurt at the end of the year as well. That didn't help. Uh, yeah. He clearly was not 100%. Um, you know, was dealing with a hamstring problem that, you know, really limited him. I don't. He didn't play in the conference tournament loss at New Hampshire, did he? I don't think he did. I don't think that you did, say that. Which, yeah. You know, that guy to not play gives you an idea of of how bad off he was. Uh, you know, because Charles Pride isn't the type of guy who sits. Right. Um, you know, so that you look at Bryant and you think the talent is there for those numbers, but what about what's surrounding this program? You know, obviously Jared Grasso is on leave. Phil Martelli is the acting head coach. Um. They've had a few weeks to adjust to that, uh, but it's certainly a factor. Um, you know, Phil will be finding his way as the season goes on. He's not unfamiliar with this group. He recruited some of them. He scheduled most of these games, but it is different when you slide over one seed into the big chair. Um, you know, I look at this group and I think their overall record could be worse non-conference. I, I think they could really struggle. But in the league, I think they could do better than nine and seven. I, I think 10, 11 wins in the league is possible. I think by then they could gel and and find something and find each other. Whether or not that's better than third in the conference, that depends on Vermont and UMass Lowell. Obviously, Vermont has been at the top of that league for for a while under John Becker. Um, you know, they're just so ingrained in, in terms of competing and, and playing in a march. Tough team to displace. Um UMass Lowell, you know, they've they've still got Abdul Kareem Koulibaly, who's a really good player. Started really good. Career. You mm -hmm. know, he's he's had stops at Pitt and at St. Bonaventure with someone who you or I recruited at, at a certain time. Um, you know, you start with that big guy, he he's you know gonna be one of the best players in the league, and and that's certainly good bedrock there. Um, you know, I could see Bryant winning 10, 11 games in the league, you know, getting to a conference tournament semifinal. Um, you know, but I think third and and somewhere a couple games over 500, I think that's just about right. I think so, too. I think this is one of the predictions that I look at and I say, I think this is fair, right about where they should be, um, you know, based on what the other teams are bringing back. Koulibaly ate them up last year. Mm. He was he, he had a, ate a lot of teams up last year, but particularly when Bryant played them, they had a lot of difficulty with him. Um, so UMass Lowell being there, um, I think is appropriate. And I think Vermont being, you gotta, you know, as Ric Flair once said, whoo, you got to be the man, you gotta beat the man, baby. <laughs> and that's, that is Vermont in this conference. It is, um, you, you gotta take the belt from the title holder. And, you know, I, I, I think UMass Lowell wasn't able to do it. Um, you know, and, you know, Bryant's going to have an opportunity with the talent that they have two of the top six players in the league. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just about right. I don't think they'll have the slide like they did toward the end of conference play last year. Yeah, um, that was obviously disappointing for them. 
Um, I, I think they'll at least host a, a playoff game, maybe two here in the America East tournament. So a, a limited chance for limousine riding and kiss stealing <laughs> this year. A, a limited chance. We'll uh we'll we'll put that in it. It's on the radar, but but we're not ready to to book it just yet. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Rick Flair, God bless him. My goodness, what a life. Oh baby. Unbelievable. For anyone who hasn't seen the ESPN doc on, on Ric Flair, uh, you know, spend about 75 minutes watching that thing. It is outrageous. Holy smokes. They uh they brought him out in uh, AEW with Sting the other night. That was a uh, that was cool. Yeah, but it's sad at this point. Like he he should It was good talking. though. He he came out, the crowd was great. He Sting got him going. That that's you know, that's always fun. I mean, he should be retired somewhere with his grandkids by now. He he don't he Oh, he's now he's a gimmick, which is which makes sense. And that's okay. I think he's I think he knows that too. Fame's addictive. I get it. It's hard yeah. to leave the spotlight in that way. I, I understand. But mm-hmm. yeah, come on, Rick. That's enough. Well, Sting is retiring. That's why they brought him up. Yes. And that's that was cool. That was uh, another that was cool. An- like Sting. Enough, man. Like Sting can still move, man. I know he can. He's a great athlete, but you know, know. like your time flying off roofs of, of arenas, like that's enough. Yeah, right. It's enough. It's over. Sure. Go home. Sure. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You've made your mark. It's okay. Which is why he's doing it. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Women's predictions. Here we go. Coming off that. Coming off wrestling. <laughs> I'll follow, follow that. The fabulous Moolah is going to come back. No, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but Trish Stratus has found a second career here. All true. Of a I got, very true. You know, yeah. It's good heel. It's a good heel. I he, certainly. Yeah. I mean, great athlete. Too. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, didn't didn't I've heard her say she she played like six different sports growing up in Canada. Not surprised. Like not at all. Yeah, not at all. Great yeah. athlete. Yeah. No, no question. Um, women's side. Start with you or I. Predicted to win the Atlantic Ten. Uh, they shared the conference title last year with UMass. They lost in the semifinals of the Atlantic Ten tournament to St. Louis. They made the round of 16 in the WNIT and lost to Harvard. And and oddly enough, bookended their season with losses to Harvard. They they dropped the season opener uh, up there as well. Um, this is a team that that's done a ton of winning the last two years. Uh, you know, I, I certainly look and I, I say that they've elevated themselves in a certain way. Um, you know, they're fully deserving of being the A10 favorites. Now's the time to take another step. If, if you're going to continue to grow this, if you're going to continue to aspire to more, you've already done some things. You've already won the league. You've already won games in the postseason. It's time to do more. You've got enough talent here. UMass lost their coach and their whole team. Uh, you were better than St. Joe's. You beat them last year. You should be better than St. Louis. You, you lost that game in an A-10 semifinal where you really played poorly. Um, you know, that was not representative of who you were in December and January when you were winning games and blowing teams out. Um, winning a championship is never easy. I, I don't take that for granted, but I see the URI women in the NCAA tournament this year. I think that it takes some time. It takes being knocked down in a certain way. It takes disappointment to drive you to that horrible place. Uh, that comes before achievement. And, and I think Tammy Reese here in year five has them primed uh, and in a place where we should see them playing in March on the big stage. Brad Stevens once said, pain is part of the path. 
And I think they've experienced that. Um, I think they've, you know, seen some of the disappointment um, being so close. Um, I just think they're too good. Um, And I I, I look at this and I say, I think they're going to win the regular season title. Uh, And I think in the tournament this time around, they'll, they'll face their threats with St. Joseph's and St. Louis. Um, But I think ultimately this time around URI establishes themselves as the power in the A-10 this year. I think they get it done. I think they get to the NCAA tournament. I, I just see a special season brewing here. I think they're too talented. I think they will come together. They've got a great coach. They've got some great players. Um, yeah, I, I think there, there are times in sports where you look at a team preseason and you say, this team's going to be really good and is going to accomplish a lot. And I think this is one of those times. I think of, you know, I think the 2007 Red Sox before that season, we all looked at it and said, mm. this team's really good, has a, a lot of, you know, depth at, at every position. And they went out and they won the World Series. And I think that was a year where we said, that's they're going to accomplish great things. And they did. And I look at this team and I say the same thing. They have a lot of great talent. They have a lot of great players. They're going to accomplish a lot of great things this year. Yeah, that that's not to say that it's going to be smooth sailing all the way through. You for the no Red Sox, you're you're down three one in the ALCS. You yep. Josh Beckett to go out and shove in Cleveland in game five, and all of a sudden you you turn the series. Um, you know, for the URI women, they are going to be pushed early. Uh, you know, two home games out of the blocks, then you're at Maine, at Brown, at NC State. Uh, those are all challenges in their own right. Quinnipiac at home, they've been a regional power for a long time. Princeton at home, which is a huge game on December 3rd, that's Sunday. Um, that could be a separator that, that the committee ends up looking at. Then you're at Providence at St. John's. Uh, Providence is going to be a tough game, not a game that you can lose uh, in terms of the tournament committee, but the Friars are going to have that one circled as an opportunity. You know, They could look at that and say, who's the best team in the state? No, we, we're going to be, not them. Um, you know, that could be an early statement game for Aaron Bath and, and that group. And then you're at St. John's, who made the NCAA tournament. You've got Harvard coming in here at WNIT rematch on the 28th. That's your last non-conference game. And then you have a quick turnaround to St. Louis on December 30th, uh, just a travel day in between. You know, fortunately, you're, you're not in class or anything like that. There's no external distractions. But you know, that's tough sledding there. And, uh, you know, you would expect – URI to perform considering their depth, considering their experience, um, the fact that they are familiar with this grind, non-conference into conference. Um, but they've got some good tests there. And, and I know talking to Tammy a little bit preseason, uh, her non-conference schedule for next year, she said, wait until you see who we're playing next year. She said, we have got an absolutely brutal schedule. But she made the point. She said, we need to start scheduling like an at-large NCAA tournament team. We need to start playing these games. And, you know, I like the fact that she is so open and direct and you go to these media days and, you know, the coach who picked to win, oh, it doesn't matter. And the coach who picked to be at the bottom, oh, it doesn't matter. And Tammy Reese says, no, we expect to win the league. We're voted there. We should win the league. I tell my players, we're supposed to win the league. So we're going to go out and do it. I mean, it's it's just so different from what you hear from anybody else. She is just so different. Yep. In so many ways, you you just you you have a way of believing what she's saying. Amen. Yep. Amen. It is refreshing. It's really it's it's just 
you know, it's just different from from what you hear everywhere else. Yep. Uh, Brown picked sixth um, in the Ivy League. Uh, you know, Brown looking to elevate from last year, where they got the double digit wins overall. They were four and ten in the league. Um, you know, you you think about that. Another three win improvement. You're five hundred in the league. Uh, you know, and and that is no small thing in the Ivy where Princeton and Columbia and Harvard are all really difficult teams to, to get past. Um, you know, I look at Brown and and I think that Brown can do better than last year. Um, you know, whether or not that means that, that they're going to end up fifth or, or even pushing for fourth and getting a bid to Ivy Madness, I think that's a little too much at, at this point because the top of the league is so good. Um, you know, but I think it's a really important year for Brown from the standpoint that they need to set up next season. They need to, you know, as you said in the women's preview pod, if you can pick off Princeton at home or Columbia at home and, and really give yourself that confidence that you're upwardly mobile in that way. Um, you know, Monique LeBlanc can, she'd have a certain credibility in the locker room at that point. And I'm not suggesting that she doesn't have it now, but it's different when your team is able to go out and beat someone who they know is really good. Um, it gives you a different level of belief. It unlocks that. And and so if I was Brown, I would be targeting trying to win six or seven league games here, uh, you know, ultimately scare fifth place, uh, you know, try to do a little better than sixth, maybe be in the race for fourth into the second half of the home schedule. Uh, you know, the Ivy League schedule, they play a lot of home games down the stretch. Can you tread water in the road games early? Can you get to a point where you're playing a couple meaningful games in February? And even if you lose them, you just get that experience of playing games that count all the way down to the end of the year against another team who has real stakes. Um, so for Brown, I think they will outperform last season. They'll do better than 11 wins overall. They'll do better than four wins in the conference. Uh, what that necessarily means in the standings, I don't know. Um, you know. But I could see them five or six in the league, certainly. Yeah, I mean, if can you go from you know four and ten to seven and seven in the Ivy League? I think that's doable if for all the things that you just said, you know, make sure that can you you know win your home games, you know, maybe pick off one of these top teams, you know, at some point that comes in, um, you know, maybe grab a couple of you know the road games that you're going to be playing, and then that flirts with fifth, that flirts with fourth in the Ivy Madness race. Um, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely doable with the talent that you have coming back. Uh, but the most important thing, as you said, Bill, is just, you know, making sure that that progress continues to happen. Your young players grow. It is all about that sophomore class to me. Um, you know, can they continue to establish themselves in the league? And uh, that's a great point. As you said, if if you pick off one of those top teams, then all of a sudden you're looking at it and saying, well, if we put it all together more consistently, continue to grow, then we can compete at the top of this league. We can have nights like this more consistently. So, um, yeah, I, I expect them to, you know, continue to show progress and, you know, flirt with, you know, that that part of the Ivy League standings that, you know, would get you into a postseason play. Brown has a fun schedule. If if you look, you know, if you got young kids and you want to take them out to a basketball game and you want to be entertained, Brown has a really good home schedule. They open up with Florida Gulf Coast, who shoots a ton of threes. They play a completely wide open style. That's November 6th. They've got Providence at home. They've got Rhode Island at home. Uh, they go on the road to Bryant. Uh, they've got a youth day game with Johnston Wales. They've got UMass Lowell at home. Um, you know, and then they're on the road for a bit. 
They are at San Diego, at San Francisco, and then they open up league play with Dartmouth on the road as well. Uh, you know, that's going to be a common theme as they get into December and January. They will not be here very much. Um, you know, they go an extended period between home games. You're looking at December 5th all the way to January 15th will be the next time they play a home game when they host Harvard, their first Ivy League game at Pizzatola Center. Um you know, but Brown should be a good take this year. They should be better. Um, you know, how much better? Don't know. But I think you see progress from this team. I think you see upward mobility from this team. They could be fun in, in that way. Uh, Providence picked ninth in the Big East. Uh, Providence coming off a year where they were 13 and 19 overall, 4 and 16 in the league. Uh, their non conference schedule was. A little soft last year. They were trying to build some momentum to get into the Big East, and they did that. Um, you know, they had a good record at, at at some point there. You know, about seven or eight games into the league, and then all of a sudden it just cratered. Um, you know, and I think that was a big reason why you, you saw a coaching change from Jim Crowley to Aaron Bath. I, I think a lot of times, Coit, when when you see these changes, I, I don't think Steve Napolillo went into the season thinking. All right, if Jim doesn't make the NIT or, or something along those lines, that I'm going to change the coach. I, I don't think that was his first inclination. But when it finishes that way, and and Steve is is very much, um, you know, he's driven by contention and by winning, and believes that Providence has enough resources and enough infrastructure to be at or near the top of the league in the Big East and pretty much every sport. Um, you know, I think he he looks at a, a close like that and he looks bigger picture at the direction of a program. And when you're into Jim Crowley's tenure like he was, if you can have a fall off like that in year six or year seven, it, it is distressing for an administrator. You you would look and say, we should be beyond this at this point. We we should be immune from from this sort of thing. And I think a lot of that is went into his decision to make a change and and to hit the refresh button and start over again with Aaron Bath. Um, realistically, I could see them finishing better than ninth in the Big East. I, I think they'll win more than four games in the league this year. Um, you know, could they get to six, seven, eight, somewhere in there? Uh, you know, maybe a little closer to five hundred overall potentially. Um, you know, their schedule is is at times it's difficult non-conference. They've got some tough ones for sure. And, and the league, again, is going to be a bear. Um, you know, but I could see Providence with essentially the can the same cast, a lot of continuity there, players who know each other. I, I could see them improving on those overall records in that finish from last year. Yeah, I think so too. Um, to me, though, with Providence, it's I'm not really looking at the numbers, I'm not really looking at, you know. Win loss total fine. Um, I just want to see uh, a re-energized brand of basketball for Providence for the Providence women. That's what I want to see. Mm. Um, and I think I think we're going to see that with Aaron Bath. Um, you know, and on certain nights with the talent that you have coming back with the returners that you uh, kept here within the program, can that put a scare into a Big East power? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's absolutely doable. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the non-conference is difficult. Even the teams within your own state that you're going to be playing, there's going to be really difficult games. Yeah. Um, you know, so the numbers, the win total, all that, you know, you want to win basketball games, of course. But to me, I think 
the sign of success this year will be Aaron Braff coming in, establishing a new brand and and re-energizing this program. That to me, I think she's already succeeded off the floor in, in bringing attention to the program. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's tonight that they, they have the first Aaron Bath radio show, um, which gets the word out about the program. I love seeing that sort of thing. Um, love seeing that sort of support. Um, but then on the floor, I think if these players that came back are re-energized and, you know, reestablish that brand, then I think you'll consider it a success either way. And we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, November 1st, radio show and exhibition game against New Haven at Alumni Hall. Um, I, I look at the schedule, Coit, especially non-conference, and I think, ooh, this is a first-year coach's schedule. They didn't have much input into this. They were sort of stuck scrambling for games late after no one had dates left. And uh, some of these games are, are brutal. Uh, right. They open up with Hampton on November 7th. Then they got Vermont coming in, who's the America East favorite. At Brown, Boston College at home. They're at Penn State. They're at Columbia. They've got Rhode Island at home. Um, they're in the West Palm Beach Classic. They got Baylor in the first game. I, I mean, just some brutal brutal non-conference games there you you're just hoping that they can tread water you know through the first 11 or so because it's going to be really hard uh, i mean if if you're setting gambling lines for some of those they're not going to be favored very often in, yeah. in those games um you know some really tough ones and and you know that tests your character and and it tests what you think you've built through the preseason and and you know through the summer and through those summer practices and while you're on campus and nobody else is and, and you're only hanging out with each other before the school year really gets going, it it's really a, a good test of where you're at from a character standpoint, culture standpoint. And, and I think Providence will figure that out long before they go to Seton Hall for their season opener on December 30th. Um, you know, but like I said, I, I think I think Providence, certainly in the league, I think Providence can do better than than four and sixteen. I, I think this talent. Their continuity, the fact that they played so much together, I, I think they're much better than that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bryant, lastly, the Bryant women uh, picked seventh in their league. Wow, I'm having trouble reading all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, seventh in a nine-team America East. Uh, Bryant also with a new coach, Lynn Ann Kukowski, uh, who comes back to her alma mater. Uh, she played for the legend, Mary Burke. She played in, you know, very high-level Division II program at the time. Um, you know, we we looked at Bryant in the women's pod, uh, the preview edition, and, you know, I think you and I both hit on it in, in the preview. Six seniors on this team. Um, normally, when you come into a rebuild, you don't have experience like that. Everyone either goes in the portal or, or they leave or whatever else. That could mean one of two things. That could mean that they really wanted to stay and wanted to play with each other, or that could mean they had nowhere else to go. You know, let's hope it's not the second part, because if that's the case, then you got a long season ahead. If it is the first part, they did want to play together and, and they did want to establish something here, they could do better than seven in the league. They they certainly, you know, in my mind, they're not going to be a single-digit win team. Um, you know, I could see them scaring 11, 12, 13 wins somewhere in there. I, I don't necessarily know if they'll get to 500. That's a big jump from where they've been the last couple of years in the regular season. But, you know, when you have experience like that, you've got grown women. She's coaching grown women. You know, it, they're really going to buy into the fact that, hey, this isn't going to be a, a championship team and, 
you know, the best years for this program might be ahead, but we can have a piece of that. We can establish something here. You, there's something about the maturity of older players where they get that. If you were saying that to a sophomore, they think, what are you talking about? I got three more years. You know, I don't need this. And if I play well, I'm going to the portal and I'm out of here. Like, yeah, it's a very different calculus in, in that way. So it, could I see Bryant finishing higher than seventh? Potentially. Um, you know, but mainly just what I want to see is is what sort of foundation Lynn Ann can set here uh, going into year one. And I think for a new coach, having a lot of upperclassmen to sell that vision on and say like, hey, you know, let's have a good season here. Let's put some scares into, you know, these teams that are well-established, you know, in America East. Um, selling the upperclassmen on, that's going to help this program move forward and, you know, vault it into the future, uh, I think is a great thing, um, you know, because I think upperclassmen can take pride in that. You know, I think of think of how fondly people think at, at URI of, you know, men's players like Xavier Munford and TJ Buchanan and He'll guys like that, who's, who's back, back as staff. an assistant coach. Exactly. Yeah. Like very good. That that to me, those guys are thought of very fondly by Rams fans, and they think very fondly of the program because they know that they helped. They weren't on those teams that got to the NCAA tournament, but they know they were a huge part of getting Rhode Island basketball back to a peak level uh, under Dan Hurley. And so I think if Lynn Ann can you know, not only sell, but push those players into, you know, helping her vault Bryant women's basketball, you know, to a peak in the future like that, um, then I think that's a great thing. And again, I I mentioned Mariona, like, I think on certain nights, she's going to be the best player on the floor. Mm. So that's going to help you win games. If you have the best player on the floor, you're going to have a chance to win the game. And that's going to happen on certain nights with Bryant. She's that good, you know, on both ends. So yeah. I think put those two, two things together and, you know, I, I think there are going to be nights where we're going to say, okay, well, Bryant, okay, we can see what they're trying to do here and see what Lynn Ann is trying to establish. And I think that would be considered a a success this year. Two great points, Coyte, and, and especially the first one. You're right. I, I mean, those guys come back, you know, guys like TJ or, or Gilvitas, who's on the staff this year at URI, the fans are all smiles around those guys. They, yeah. they really are. They really appreciate what those guys gave to the program. You know, Xavier Mumford as well, who, who you mentioned. You know, the, those guys, they go to Chop House. They don't need to buy a drink. Yeah. And, and and they didn't play in any of those, you know, A-10 tournament championship games or, or NCAA tournament games, but they left a legacy. And I think that's, you know, what Lynn Ann wants to establish here, you know, wants to continue here. Mary Burke's legacy, the, the fact that, she was able to guide that program for so long. She was able to win in Division Two, win in Division One, um, you know, and and have so many former players go into coaching or continue their playing careers, or you know, look back at what they did at Bryant and think, hey, that was a great time in my life. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for stewardship in in that way of a program, and and I think Lynn Ann feels that responsibility. I, I expect her to execute it accordingly. Um, schedule wise, you know, they open up at home, they've got Dartmouth, uh, you know, then at Seton Hall right away, you're, you're playing in the big East right away in a bye game. Um, there are games on the schedule that they can and, and should be able to win if they're going to scare 500 or double digit wins. 
but they're going to have to win some of them on the road. Like they're at Stonehill at Merrimack. You know, those are swing games for how your season ends up at the end. You know, do we end up with eight or nine wins or do we end up with 14 or 15 wins? Um, It looks a lot better if we win a couple of those, you know, if we beat central Connecticut at home, um, you know, if we can beat Brown at home, if we can beat sacred heart at home, uh, you know, because no one's expecting them to win at Boston college, let's say, Um, you know, you're not necessarily going to be winning out of the blocks at Albany at Vermont, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, the teams who are at the top of your league, if you are, then you're way ahead of where you thought you might be. Um, you know, and you make a good point about Planus Fortuny. When you do have the best player on the floor, you do have a chance and, and your other players feel that for sure. Um, so yeah, think, think that Brian can, can lay down a foundation here and, you know, start the real work in, in year two and year three under Lynn Ann and, and elevate in the American East. Um, quite that about wraps our preview editions, uh, three-parter, first part men, second part women, third part here, bold predictions or not so bold in, in my case. Uh, <laughs> Couple got of softies. To, we're soft. We are. <laughs> um, Got anything else here as, as we head into the final few days before college basketball season really gets going on Monday night? No, I just I think it's going to be a fun winter. I do. Uh, I think we're going to be interested in a lot of these teams and where they go. And um, there's just no shortage of storylines and interest. And, um, you know, we talked about just how good the Big East is going to be for men's basketball. Mm. I mean, those games are going to be so high level. Um you know, but that you start there and then you think about, you know, how great can the URI women be? Um, can Brown get over the hump and get to Ivy Madness? You know, how does Bryant handle, you know, the adversity that it's already dealing with? Um, you know, there's just there's no shortage of storylines uh, and that that makes for a really, really fun year. So uh, I'm excited to be following it. I know you'll be following it. Ian Steele will be following it. Eric Rube will be reluctantly following it when he doesn't have to cover high school. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's it's going to be a fun winter, and I'm I'm glad we're going to be going on this ride. It'll be fun. You know who else is going to be following it from afar? Our old buddy Maury Hirsch Gordon, yeah. uh, who has moved on from WPRI up into the Boston market. We wish him well. We know he is a true college basketball hoop head. Um, and I would – I, all right, I'll 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 finish this with a bold prediction. Maury Hirschgarten's going to find a way into Amica Mutual Pavilion that night. <laughs> There's no way he's missing that one. Zero yeah. chance. Yeah, he'll get there. Zero chance. He's going to be mm-hmm. there for that one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way possible because, as we know, the Patriots are not going to be in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, yeah. the end of January all of a sudden gets a little more open. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, Maury, we miss you. We love you. Hope you're enjoying life as a happily married man with the lovely Sierra. Amen. Um, Coit, thanks a lot. As always, look forward to seeing you out there on the trail and uh, convening here over the next five months or so. To our listeners, we appreciate you. Thank you very much.